I really felt from the Lord that uh, I felt led uh, to share about being led today and, and listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit and allowing ourselves to um, maybe think outside the box in how we do ministry in our lives today. So uh, let's go right into it. Uh, my main point today is, are we doing everything that we can to bring the message of Jesus to people? Uh, are we doing everything we can to bring the lost and the hurting to Jesus for his healing? Do we feel led? There are heroes in the Bible. How many of you guys know about David? You know, slew Goliath with a stone and a sling. Uh, there are, uh, let's see, Moses, right, parted the sea with his staff. God did these amazing signs and miraculous wonders through Moses and the staff. And uh, we know about Elijah who literally called down fire from heaven, right, consumed the altar. And, and we see these powerful stories in the Bible. I, I would imagine for you guys that it, it provokes some awesome imagery in your mind when you read these stories. And it's like, man, these people were like legends of the faith, and they're well-known, and others are not as well-known, but they are just as much heroes as these people we see in the Bible. Um, today, I'm going to share about four regular, ordinary, unassuming people that were heroes who made a difference in the life of somebody that would spark a movement throughout many other people's lives in that community. And these unsung heroes were not even mentioned in the Bible by name. And I love how the Lord does that throughout the scriptures and the different stories we read. A lot of people, it doesn't even mention their name, but God used them in an incredible way. And you're like, well, who was that? We don't even get to know their name. No, because that, that part wasn't important. What is important is that God worked through them and used them. I have dubbed these people the Fantastic Four. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. So, because uh, Fantastic Four heroes, do you get it? Yeah, okay. Uh, so it's not as funny as if I have to explain it, but... All right, let's go into the text here, Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. When Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room even outside the door. While he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They could not bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, so they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, My child, your sins are forgiven. But some of the teachers of religious law who were sitting there thought to themselves, What is he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking, right? Because of the Holy Spirit and, you know, wisdom and discernment, word of knowledge. He asked them, Why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or stand up, pick up your mat, and walk? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And the man jumped up, grabbed his mat, and walked out through the stunned onlookers. So cool. They were all amazed and praised God, exclaiming, we've never seen anything like this before. So I love this passage. This is awesome. There are so many cool observations in this passage, and we're going to go into this here. I have three points today on this. The first one is that things in life can make it difficult to access what God has for us. How many of you guys know that that's true? And this is like for both believers and non-believers alike. Things just get in the way, and they crowd up quickly. Let's look at Matthew chapter 13, verses 7 and 22. Jesus was sharing a parable here about the farmer scattering seeds. He says, other seeds fell among the thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. The seed that fell among the thorns 
represents those who hear God's word, but all too, all too quickly the message is crowded out. Notice those words there, crowded out. By the worries of this life and the lure of wealth, so no fruit is produced. So we have a lot of things that, that vie for our attention and that can get in the way of us receiving what God wants to give us. Distractions. How many of you guys know today, it seems like our world today, it, we are like the most distracted that we've ever been because of like technology and our culture and society. There's just so much that's um, contending for our attention in our lives. Distractions, worries and anxieties about the future, commitments that we've made to others, goals, our goals and ambitions, the things that we want to do with our lives, the things we want to accomplish, uh, our jobs, recreation, our fun time, relationships with others, family relationships. This is not an exhaustive list by any means, but how many of you guys know that these things can get in the way of our relationship with God and choke out the spiritual life that God has for us? The end result of not prioritizing Christ and making him known to others is shared here at the end of that verse. No fruit is produced. So there's no fruit. There's nothing to show for all of the things that we have accomplished if we don't prioritize Christ and keep the Lord at the center of it all. So my question then is, what are our things in life? What are our thorns in our life that are making it hard to, uh, for us or for somebody we know to receive everything that God has for them, to receive that spiritual life, that healing, that word that they need to hear? Maybe it's a word that we need to hear. What are those things in life that make, that make it difficult? Sometimes in, I look at my own life. How many of you guys ever do every now and again, you take like a, like a heart check, like a self-inventory of where you're at in your life and you're, where, you're, where you're at in your relationship with God? Uh, if you don't do that regularly, I strongly encourage you to do that regularly because it is good for you. Um, and sometimes I see that I have a whole crowd of issues in my way of what God wants to do in me or through me. Uh, sometimes it's my pride. It's like, well, maybe God has a word of correction for me and it's not going to be easy to hear, but I'm too prideful to hear it or receive it. So that, that's a thorn. That's a crowd in my way of receiving that, that thing that will draw me closer to Jesus uh, make me more mature in my relationship with him and strengthen my character, but I don't want to hear it because it doesn't make me feel good and I, I'm, I have pride. Sometimes I have laziness or apathy. How many of you guys know that that can be a big deal when you're in your comfort zone, life's going smooth, you're in the rhythm, you're like, yeah, things are going good, Got the, you know, my plans are forging ahead, everything's nice, I'm not going to do anything to rock the boat right now or make any waves. I don't want to bring trouble on myself. I don't want to mess this up. Uh, but sometimes, you know, God calls us to step out and make hard decisions because when we're in our comfort zone, we're not really useful for the kingdom of heaven. Sometimes my busyness gets in the way of what God wants to do in me or through me. Uh, we can get really busy in life and we feel like we're productive, but we're not really. You guys know what I'm talking about. You, start, you have a list of things and you look at your list and you go, okay, there's like two things on this list of nine things. These, there's two things that are actually going to make a difference or that are important. And the rest of these is just things that like, I feel like I have to do today. Sometimes we can, we can over-inundate ourselves with items on our checklist, on our chore list, and then we don't have time for the things that really matter. And I look at it like uh, on an important scale. I'm like, well, if this doesn't get done, then it, it's going to break or there's going to be this big mess or um, th th there'll be this issue. And then I, look, I take that and I look at the grand scheme of eternity and people's eternal destiny and I go, how important is it now? <laughs> it's like, okay, if God's telling me to, you know, spend time with this person or go take this person to lunch, even though I've got a lot of work to do, 
this is somebody, this is a human life, this is a person that God loves and cherishes. You know, that takes priority no matter what is on my checklist. And so sometimes my busyness can creep in like those thorns and choke out what God wants to do through me. Uh, and then here's another big one, fear. Fear can be a whole crowd unto itself, can it? When, you're, when, you, when God tells you to step out in faith and to do something uncomfortable and to be obedient and we're like no 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 I can't no, I can't do that what will people think of me what will they say or what will happen if I do this what are the consequences from this and we we start to imagine you know our minds go to like the worst case scenario all the time when we when we're uncomfortable and we need to step out and that fear grips us and sometimes keeps us immobilized uh, and so I, I know a few things about the, the thorns and the things that crowd out our relationship with Jesus I know a little bit about that because I've, I've experienced that many times. And here's the, here's the last one. Sometimes, especially me, but we're not, sometimes we're not in a position to receive um, what God wants to do in us or through us. Sometimes we're just not positioned and ready. And I know this is going to be super cliche, but I throw out a football quote. I mean, you guys like football. If, yeah, football, right? So I don't know a whole lot about football, but I do know that when uh, the quarterback wants to, like, throw the ball and, like, pass it to somebody. They have to, like, be what? They have to be open, right? They have to be open, right? So they can catch the ball. All right, so um, in our lives, in our relationship with Jesus, how often are we allowing ourselves to be open so we can catch the ball that God wants to throw to us? Maybe God's standing there with the ball waiting to make a pass to us, but we're not in a position to receive it, and we don't even realize that he's wanting to throw the ball to us. Maybe there's divine appointments and opportunities to change somebody's life in our speckled throughout our days, in our everyday lives, and God's like waiting to throw the ball, and we don't even realize we're not in that zone. We're just trying to get our checklist done, get our groceries, and go. And maybe God's like, no, 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 I'm trying to throw you the ball here. There's somebody here that's gonna, their life is going to be changed today if you, if you just simply listen and obey. And so sometimes we just got to get into position and just move forward. Because it's easier to steer when you have forward momentum, right? It's easier to steer a moving vehicle than it is a parked one or one that's, that's stopped. So sometimes, this is point number two, sometimes problems require creative solutions. So verse four says they couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. So they dug a hole through the roof above his head. They lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. This is so cool. All right. Albert Einstein, you guys know who Albert Einstein was, like genius with the messy hair, right? Once defined creativity as seeing what others see and thinking what no one else has ever thought. Seeing what others see and thinking what no one else has ever thought. Many people see the same thing, but how many different ways can they think a thought regarding that thing? So the four friends of the paralyzed man, okay, get this. They see the house. They see the crowd inside of the house. They see the crowd all the way out the door around the building, around the house. It's a safe assumption to assume that everybody else saw this too, right? Whether they were in the crowd or coming out, out to the outside of the house, coming up to the crowd, everybody could see that this was like happening. This was packed, way too many people. Everybody saw this. However, the Fantastic Four had a thought that no one else had thought. Well, maybe they did. Maybe they thought it. But whether anyone else had that thought or not, okay, this sounds like a Dr. Seuss book. I'm sorry. I'm just let me. They had a thought, and that thought was not. And I, right. So whether anyone else thought that or not, no one else did anything about it. No one else dug a hole in the roof and lowered a dude down on a mat with ropes. No one else did that. If they thought about it, they didn't, they didn't do anything about it. But these four unsung heroes, nameless heroes, 
did something about that creative thought that they had, and they implemented that thought. All right, so these guys solved a problem with a creative solution. It reminds me of what my dad would tell me all the time when I was growing up and I was complaining to my dad about something or had an issue or a problem or whatever. My dad would always say, AIO, soldier, AIO. And I was like, what does that mean? And like, well, the first time he told me, he says, adapt, improvise, overcome. And because he was in the military, and so he really liked to say the, the things like that. But man, if we take that and apply it to our walk with Christ and to our, to our job and our vocation and our calling as ministers, because if you are a believer in Christ, you are a minister. You may not be full-time working at a church or whatever, but you are a minister of the gospel, and you are a missionary to your mission field, whatever that may be, whatever that might look like. And when you take this and you apply this to your calling, adapt, improvise, and overcome, then, I mean, it's just crazy how that can change your perspective on, on life, on everything you do. When we take that approach, when others only see problems issues or hardships with that mindset we see solutions we see challenges and we see opportunities it's like okay well how's god going to work through this okay god what are we how are we going to do this here what awesome thing is going to happen that's going to turn this thing around david used god-inspired creativity when he slung a smooth rock into goliath's forehead right you guys remember that that story i mean read that story and you you, you see the army you see the israelites you know, there's swords, there's spears, there's shields. I'm pretty sure that all of those things are pretty effective at doing the job of war, right? It gets, it gets war done. And he's got this little slingshot. And I'm like thinking, okay, that's not the most, I wouldn't think that was the most effective means for taking on an armored giant. Maybe you want a big broadsword or like a, 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 a hammer that can like crush metal or something. But no, he's got this little stone, his little sling, because, you know, creativity, right? He's like, I'm thinking outside the box here. Uh, and so his attitude, his confidence in Christ, or in, in God, and his attitude was, everyone seems to think that you're too big to defeat, Goliath. I just think you're too big to miss. Big target. He's like, yeah, I'm used to slinging this rock at like little trees or like little critters in the field, and I hit them. And this dude's like nine feet tall. You know, it's like basically hitting the broadside of a barn. He's like, I'm pretty sure that I got this. You know, whap. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good attitude. That's, and that's what he was doing. He was, you know, it's like adapt, improvise, overcome. A pastor that I know in our, in our Alaska ministry network, uh, he pastors up north in the Fairbanks area. And I've known him for quite some time. But every time he talks about outreach to their community or to people in their church or to their city, he says, we'll do everything short of sin to reach people for Jesus. And they have some creative ideas of things they do. They go out into the community. They take advantage of every opportunity that the city does. They're there. Like, they're there promoing the church, praying with people. Like, uh, anytime the city's doing something, they're like, they have a heart for their city. And they're like, we'll do anything short of sin. You know, we'll dress up in bunny suits on Easter, and we'll drive around on mopeds and hand out Easter invites to our service. We'll do whatever it takes. Man, what, what a cool, you know, what a cool mindset. And so it's like some of us, we already have some uh, amazingly creative ideas in our lives. I'm, I'm sure that God has put creative ideas and passions and a vision in each and every one of you in your heart to do something extraordinary for the kingdom of heaven and to use the skills and the talents and the abilities that he's given you to do something that maybe 
no one else is doing or maybe not a lot of other people are doing. This is the wonderful, beautiful thing about the body of Christ is, is that each and every one of us has something unique to contribute, not just to our church, but to our community. And when we're all on board and we're all doing the things that, you know, is stepping out in what God's put in our hearts, we're starting to reach all these different areas and different aspects of our community and working together. Uh, and so maybe you've implemented some of those ideas that God's given you. Maybe you've had some creative sparks and you've, and you've put those things to work. And I'm sure that you could tell me stories and you could share stories of how God has used you incredibly in those things and how lives have been changed and impacted. I've had some, some of those stories myself where I was like, all right, God, you put this idea. I know this idea is for me. It's not for me. I'm just going to be obedient and say yes, and we'll, and we'll see what happens here. And just terrified, shaking, sweating, throw myself into it and just do it. And like, all right, God, let's see where you take this. I, I'm just surrendering. And then God shows up, and, and it just, someone's life is impacted, and, and, they're, and they're ministered to, and they're encouraged and challenged to, in their relationship with Jesus. Uh, and, it, and then it makes it so worth it. You look back and you're like, man, I'm so glad I said yes to God. And I just fought through my fear and my worry. I'm so glad that I said yes to God. So others of you, you might have those ideas. And maybe you haven't uh, implemented them yet. And you're, and you're waiting for confirmation to step out in, in the ideas that God has given you. And, and you have thoughts or impressions. You're like, man, somebody needs to do something about this problem or this issue or the, the, this hurt in this person's life. Somebody needs to minister to them. I want, I want everybody to say, to put, like, point to yourself and repeat after me. Say, I'm a somebody. All right. And if you're waiting for confirmation to step out in those, those times where you feel an impression to pray for someone or to buy somebody's groceries or show the love of Christ to somebody, whether through the message of Jesus or through prayer or just in a practical way like, like buying them groceries or cleaning their car or filling up their gas tank. When you feel like you have an impression to, to help others, here's your confirmation. I'm going to ask the ushers um, if they could help me out here. I'm gonna, we're, the ushers are going to pass around uh, some items to everybody here in the room. And when you receive these items, you're, you're going to be like, well, what, why are you giving me this? I'm going to share this with you. I was, I was about 13 years old, and I was a little, little, uh, little punk kid. Am I allowed to say that on the stage? I hope so. <laughs> I, already, I already did, so it's out there. But I was 13 years old, spiky hair. I was in youth group, and I was at Sunday morning one service at my church at North Pole Assembly. And uh, my pastor at the time preached a message, and he had an object illustration, and his main point of his message I will never forget. And it is kind of funny. This is the only message of his that I still remember to this day. <laughs> so, um, but he had these fishing weights in little baggies that he gave to everybody in the congregation. And he said, and the main point of his message was, when, when God is calling you to something, whether it's like a calling or it's just like a day-to-day -day thing to do a kind service for somebody or a kind act or do good works and to live out our Christian faith, He's like, whenever you need confirmation, you're like, well, I just, I don't feel led. He's like, I want you to reach into your pocket. I want you to feel that little fish weight. And now you feel led. Go do it. <laughs> and so this is for everybody here today. If you're waiting for it to feel led, there it is. So, thanks. And, I, and you might notice that some of the bags have one weight, some of them have two. That's just because some of us, like me, need to feel a little more lead than others, right? <laughs> no, the real reason was because I, I wanted to make sure I had enough for all the bags, and I was just rationing them out, so. 
Yeah, I'm from Wisconsin originally. I say bag's weird. All right. If it reaches the lost and it makes disciples, what is the Nike slogan? Just do it. We don't need confirmation on that. <laughs> when you get an impression, that's your confirmation. That's the Holy Spirit speaking to you. Now it no longer becomes a confirmation of if. It's, it's you inquire of the Lord, okay, God, how? How do you want me to do this? How do you, what steps should I take? Or how should we do this specifically? And God will tell you. And a lot of times, here's what happened to me before. God won't give you the words to speak until you actually start talking to them. Or until you start praying with somebody. And you're like, yeah, it's like somebody you know, and they're struggling with something. And you're like, okay, God, how do you want me to pray for this? Or how do you want me to talk to them? He might wait all the way up until you open your mouth to start giving you the words, just to see if you'll be obedient. He's like, I'm not going to give you everything you need to say beforehand. I'm going to lead you as you go. And so for, for some of you that, that might happen to you, just be prepared for that. Like, just, just know that that's coming. <laughs> all right, so just do it. Just step out. You know, the Bible says, make disciples. It says, teach everybody everything that I've taught you. So we're sharing the message of Jesus with people. We don't ever need confirmation on, do I need to, should I tell this person about Jesus or should I just go about my day? Tell the person about Jesus because that is God's will. That is God's will, that we do the good works that he planned for us long ago. It's in Ephesians chapter 2. I don't have the verse up there, but it says that we were destined for good works that God planned for us long ago. And so when you're like, good works, do I? Okay, God, should I? Yes, you should. <laughs> How do I? That's the question. All right, so if it helps others and it's, it's, uh, it's leading people to Jesus, you know it, we know it's God's will. So reach in your pocket, feel led, and then step out. So, all right. James chapter 4, verse 17 says, Remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. Proverbs 3, 27, Do not withhold good from those who deserve it when it's in your power to help them. And so, because of what Jesus did on the cross, how many of you guys know that it's for everybody? It's not just for a select few. It's for every single person. And so, we cannot withhold good. We cannot withhold that from anyone. All right, my final point today is that your faith can help bring others to God's healing and salvation. Your faith can help bring others to God's healing and salvation. Because let's look at verses 5 and 12 of Mark 2. It says, seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my child, your sins are forgiven. And the man jumped up, grabbed his mat, and walked out through the stunned onlookers. They were all amazed and praised God, exclaiming, we've never seen anything like this before. So this is what's crazy about the, uh, the four men. They had that thought, they implemented the thought, and they did not care about the consequences of that thought. They're digging a massive hole in some dude's roof in their house. They didn't care, oh, we're going to get maybe some rubble is going to drop on Jesus' head while he's preaching God's word to people or drop on other people's heads. They'll get mad and they'll yell at us. Maybe it'll cause a scene. It's like, oh, we don't want to be a distraction. We don't want to cause us an issue or a scene. You know, we're, Jesus is teaching. It's okay. They dug through the stinking roof and made a hole the size of like the guy laying on a mat. That's a big hole in somebody's roof. And, then they, and they lowered him down. This is a spectacle, you guys. This is what I would call a full-blown spectacle. And like, they drop him down in there. And you imagine the thoughts going around in the room, right? Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring it into nowadays. Somebody's up here preaching, healing people, who are having a service. It's like standing room only, right? In the foyer's packed, standing room only. Nobody can even get in here. And then you just start seeing like the, the roof 
maybe on the other side of the speaker, like right here, you see like the roof start opening up and like drywall and stuff's like raining down. And then this dude's like getting lowered down on like a chain or like a rope so that he can get prayed for and get healed. And it's like, would, how many of you guys would agree? Yeah, you know what? I've never seen anything like that before at a church service. That's a, that's, a, oh, that's a prime original idea right there. That's creativity. Um, they didn't care. They were so desperate for this man to experience Jesus that they were willing to like put all of those other things aside. They were willing to deal with the, the repercussions later, maybe. You know, the dude's like, I got this giant hole in my roof now. I'm going to fix this. And that, that was, you know, that, you know to some of us on certain days, like, that's a big issue. Yeah, I got, this guy came and dug a giant hole in my roof while Jesus was preaching in my house. Now I got to fix my roof. And we could be all mad about it, but it's like, but somebody got healed and saved, and it was miraculous. So I guess it was worth it, <laughs> right? So it's like priorities. But man, it doesn't say, it does not say, and I looked through different translations, I looked through KJV, I looked through New King James, I looked through NSB, it doesn't say exclusively his faith. It says seeing their faith. Seeing their faith. These fantastic four played a key role in this man's salvation experience. A key role. How differently would this have looked? How differently would the story have turned out without their creativity and their perseverance and their adapt, improvise, and overcome mentality? Well, we got him on a mat here, but we can't get to the door or into the house, so maybe we'll just come back after service, or we'll come back the next day, or we'll just wait till he's finished and hope to catch him somewhere else later. How differently would it have been if they hadn't decided to act on that creative idea that they had? I'm going to ask our worship team to come up to the platform and uh, get ready. There are people that God wants to reach, that he wants us to reach, in a way that nobody else can. There are relationships that you have in your life right now, family relationships, friendships, co-workers, that God has specifically put you in their life for such a time as this. And you're there for a reason. You have influence with that person for a reason. And you will reach that person like nobody else will when we are sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit and we allow God to work through us and, and get divinely inspired creative ideas from God on how to reach the lost and the hurting. The Bible says that the Lord is the same yesterday, today, and forever, right? He's the same. His character is the same. His heart is the same for people as it's always been. But how many of you guys know that our methodologies and the way that we live life and the way that we do things, that changes. That's been changing since the dawn of time. Are we willing to do whatever it takes and step outside of our box? Like, how, this is how ministry is supposed to be done, box. Maybe God wants to shatter that box, and there's some unconventional creativity that he wants to unleash upon you that, has, that looks nothing like standard, how standard ministry is done. I mean, I could, share, I could share examples with you guys, and you guys know some examples of some unorthodox ministries that are out there that are like, wow, they're, they're, kinda, they're like doing things way different how churches don't normally do things, but they're reaching people like crazy. You know, they're reaching the homeless and those addicted to drugs, and they're just stepping out, and they're finding all these creative ways to do things. Are we willing to step out of the how ministry is supposed to be done box? Are we willing to step out of the apathetic, someone else will do it mindset and be the somebody? Somebody needs to do something about this, and I'm the somebody. It's like, well, it's not really in my skill set. It's not kind of who I am. If God put an impression on your heart and you see the need, you instantly became qualified for that. You instantly became somebody that can make a difference in that issue or in that problem. 
Because how many of you guys know God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. If you're waiting to feel qualified before stepping out to do something for God, it's not going to happen. I never feel qualified. In fact, this, to be real with you guys, this, this week, like a week and a half ago, when, when I found out I was preaching, I never feel qualified when I come up to preach. But I say, okay, God, speak through me. Just use me. Use it. And I'll be available. And I'll just say yes. And so when we step out in that, just saying, saying yes to God, allowing ourselves to be used, allowing creative, creativity to flow through us. And it's like we get a thought from the Holy Spirit. And it's like, oh, that's, that's unorthodox. That's unconventional. That's different than I've ever done something before. Welcome that. Embrace it because that's the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart to step out into the unknown and to stretch you as a person, as a Christian, to stretch your faith, to make you stronger, to increase our faith. Are we allowing the Holy Spirit to challenge our thinking, our strategies in our lives? Our, our world and our culture, how many of you guys know it is changing at such a fast rate than it ever has before? I mean, all you have to do is look at the computer and technology industry in our nation, our world today, and you will see that we're on a fast track for change constantly. It's no longer like every year now. It's like every, you know, several times a year, technology is becoming obsolete and it's getting replaced with something else. And, and just like the technology world, our culture and our nation and, and the, different, uh, the different people groups in our nation, those cultures and those things, Generation Z, all this stuff is changing so fast, so quickly. Even our, I was saying in first service, even our language, English or American or whatever, talk to Gen Z for like 10 minutes and you will find out that our language is changing very quickly. I'm serious, words, concepts, terms, it's, it's all getting changed. And my, my concern is that the church, sometimes we're not really keeping up with the change. And we're, when we start allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to our minds, to give us creativity, we're, we're keeping up with the change and with the culture, and, and we begin to uh, minister to people where they're at, giving them exactly what they need because we're allowing the Holy Spirit to speak through us, and we're not trying to do something that worked for previous generations or, you know, our generation or whatever, like in the past, and it's just going over this generation's head because we have the message. The message never changes. The message is that Jesus loves people, and he wants them to be in right relationship with God, and the gospel stays the same, but the delivery changes. The delivery method changes. And so we just need the, the help of the Holy Spirit to help us give us creative inspiration because there's ideas. I know there's ideas that you guys have and the Holy Spirit is wanting to give you visions and, and a passion and ideas for things that we can do. We just have to be willing to step out and it's a terrifying thing to just say, yes, God, I'll be obedient. What did the prophet Isaiah say? Here I am, Lord, send me. So if you're here today and you've never had a relationship with Jesus, or you did in the past, but you might have drifted away, away from him, he is here for you today. He is. He loves you. And there's, and there's no mistake. There's no, you're not here by accident. You're here for a reason. And you heard this message for a reason because this is what God wanted to tell you today. We were challenged earlier with the question, are we doing everything we can to bring people to Jesus. Sometimes we just have to get, get out of our own way, right? Get past ourselves so that we can focus on the crowd, the thorns in someone else's life, and we can navigate through that or go over top of their issue 
and dig a hole in the roof so we can drop down right into the midst of their issue and bring Jesus to them. My question then, for those of you that are here today and don't have a relationship with Jesus, are you doing everything you can to find him? Are you seeking him with all of your heart? Are you looking for an encounter with the one true God? And if you came today and that maybe wasn't, you were, that wasn't all your focus, but maybe things have changed during the message or during the service and you're like, man, I really need Jesus in my life. I, God, I need you. If that's, your, if that's your desire today, I'd like to take you through a quick little process we have called the ABCs of salvation. Now, this isn't like the, this is how you do it. This is just one way that we kind of do it to, to make it easy to understand. It's called the ABCs of salvation. First of all, we admit that we've sinned and that we need Jesus to save us. We just pray and we say, God, I'm, I'm messed up. God, without you, I'm lost and I'm hopeless. God, I, I, Jesus, I acknowledge that you are the only way to heaven. You are the only way to the Father. We just admit that we need a Savior to deliver us from our sin, from ourselves. Romans 3.23 says, For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. There's no exceptions here. Everyone has sinned. So we admit and we acknowledge our sin to Jesus. And second, we believe. We believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that he is exactly who he says he is. It's either all true or none of it's true. There's no picking and choosing. I've heard it said that Jesus is either actually God, the Son of God, or he is the worst liar in the history of humankind. It's one or the other. He can't just be a good teacher. He can't just be a good guy. He's either God or he's crazy. That's the, the decision that Jesus left for us. If you read what he says about himself and the Father, Father God, he didn't leave a lot of wiggle room at all for, oh, well, it's somewhere in the middle. It's either all true or none of it's true. Pastor Scott mentioned in uh, the message last week, he's either Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. How many of you are so thankful for God's free gift that we didn't have to earn and, do, and, and try to strive for it and, and try to earn it on our own because we would never be able to do it? But God loved us. He says we love him because he first loved us. And then lastly, we confess with our mouths that he is Lord and that God raised him from the dead. Romans 10, 9 through 10 says, If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. Here's the beautiful thing about this. What are you doing when you openly declare your faith to other people? You are evangelizing. You are making disciples. You're teaching others everything that Jesus taught you, right? Because Jesus taught us through the, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit that he was raised from the dead. He is God. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. We were taught these things by Jesus through the Holy Spirit. So when we tell other people these things that we've learned about Jesus, we're in the process of making disciples and evangelizing to others. So we're, we're simultaneously being saved, having salvation, but also making him known to others. And we're accomplishing two things in one act, simply by declaring who Jesus is. I thought that was very extraordinarily cool. So I'd like everybody to, to stand to your feet. I'm going to pray. We're going to close out with a song. If you want to receive prayer after the service, when we're finished here, 
please come see me. I'd love to pray with you and talk with you. Uh, if you have a need or if you don't have a relationship with Jesus but you want one and you just need a little bit more uh, information, please come talk to me or Pastor Scott. We'd love to pray with you and connect with you. Father God, I just pray that, Lord, we would, uh, we would say yes to you. God, that we would allow the creativity and the inspiration of your Holy Spirit to flow through us. God, we, we acknowledge right now that we need your help. Lord, we can't live this Christian life in our own strength. God, just as we can't, we can't fix ourselves in our own strength, just as we can't earn your salvation on our own, God, we cannot minister to others effectively and advance your kingdom without you. We cannot do it in our own strength. And I pray, God, that we would utilize the resources that you've given us, that we would submit our lives to you and say yes to whatever your Holy Spirit tells us. God, we want to be more like you, and we want to represent you well to the people in our lives. And so I pray that we would just step out in faith, God, and maybe, maybe do some things that we've never done before, but we know that you're calling us to.